Hello and welcome to the second series of Our House, a podcast all about community. My name is Helen New and over the next 10 episodes, I'm going to be chatting to residents, partners and staff of Social Landlord East End Homes. We find out how community inspires, motivates change and brings people together. There's some really lovely conversations with fascinating people living and working in the London borough of Tower Hamlets. So if you're interested in people and place, why not have a listen and join the Our House community? This episode of Our House has been sponsored by Community Fibre, who are future-proofing London's communities by delivering 100% full fibre broadband throughout the capital. Hello and welcome back to Our House. This is the penultimate episode of our second series. So, we hope you're all doing well today. We have got a lovely conversation for you coming up. We're chatting with Laurie Allen. Laurie has lived in Tower Hamlet, Spitterfields for pretty much most of his life. He's a local historian. He's acutely interested in community and the history of the area. And he's got some great stories to share. We go way back to his childhood years and what it was like running around Spitterfields, starring in films with Diana Dawes, enjoying the leftovers at Spitterfields Fruit Market, and just generally seeing the community change over the many decades he's been here. He's particularly passionate about Petticoat Lane. So without further ado, I'm going to dive straight in. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to our house. Today, I'm very pleased to announce that we have Laurie Allen joining us. Hi, Laurie. How are you doing today? Hello, Helen. Yeah, good afternoon, my dear. Yeah, um, I've just come in uh, off the street on my motorized scooter. I've got a four-wheel scooter now. Unfortunately, I had a stroke uh, three years ago, and that put the kibosh on me, you know, walking and, and ev- everything, really. But this has now helped and, and allows me to reconnect in my local community, Petticoat Lane. Well, Petticoat Lane, you know, brings back so many imageries to me. I've lived in the East End all my life, born in St. Mary's, Mary's Hospital, Bancroft Road. But Petticoat Lane... It's always had a special place for I because it's, like, well, I can only describe it as street theatre. We as kids, we'd run around the market, and there was one occasion, uh, there was a film being shot in Petticoat Lane, very famous actress. She was Marilyn Monroe of England. Her name was Diana Dawes. Stunningly beautiful-looking woman. And she was filming around here? Oh, yeah. And the film was called The Kid for Two Fathers, 1952, I believe. 53. So I was only about eight, nine. So this geezer came up to us, this two of my mates, and he said, Hey, boys, do what you do naturally. I said, Yeah, what's that all about then? What do you mean, mister? <laughs> he said, Yeah, he said, just run, run through the market. He, he said, You know, you can see all these kids, you kids running through the market. He said, he said Yeah, here's two, two shillings, two and six, or two and six. He said, Yeah, just run through the market. So as we did do, and he said, You'll be in the film. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you're, well, you're, you're not got a big part, but you'll just see a, maybe some tail end of you, you know, mm-hmm. around the corner, you know, the backs of you. So I said, cool, blimey, yeah, that's fantastic. So when I get so much, I says, yeah, mum, 
There's a fuel set boy. I said, that's two or six. So what you do is, I said, when you're on the field, she said, oh yeah, Diana Dawes is in there, and there, and Primo Carnero, and David Kossoff, and I said, yeah, all the luminaries, all the, well, I didn't use the word lube. Yeah, but that would be very impressive yeah. at eight. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, there are. So I've seen them all in Spike Milligan. Diana Dawes, she came out of her cabin in Wentworth Street. They were all had their little cabins. And Wentworth Street is literally just around the corner from where we are now. Very much yeah. Through Helen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like on the crossroads of Colson Street, Wentworth Street, Toynbee Street, Old Castle, Colson Street. Just as an interest, Toynbee Street, when I mention that name, Toynbee Hall is uh, a place I'll come to with a little historical compact in a moment. The Toynbee Street, all around here is streets started with names that reflect the imagery of famous people like Toynbee, Toynbee Hall, Fournier Street, when Huguenots came in, French mm-hmm. Connection. So anyway, coming back uh, to Petticoat Lane and Diana, she came out of the cabin and all the porters, the young men, whistling wolf whistles, and she had, you know, beautiful blonde hair and uh, lovely red lipstick. And those weekends, you know, the only people, well, the only women that we'd ever see was our teachers, our mum, or our mum's sisters, or whatever. They say no one, no woman that I'd ever seen looked like her. So that was like your first experience of a film with a, I guess, I guess Diana Dawes was, she was definitely a national actress. She was. But probably international yeah, in many ways. Correct. And, and you, but you grew up. You live in pretty much the same area. That, have you moved house from when you first grown up? Well, I lived in four places in the East End. One was uh, off Bethel Green. Can't remember the street name now, unfortunately. So Bethel Green, off Brick Lane, Middlesex Street, and now and now we're at Goldson Street. And so, when we, what age were you living just off Brick Lane? The age there, I was going to Seafer Street School. So that would have been about. About 12, I guess. 12. And what, yeah. so what was Spitterfields like then? So would have that been kind of the 50s? Oh, well, we used to creep down Spitterfields. Uh, well, the reason being, because not only our family, but don't forget, you know, we after the Second World War, a lot of deprivation, bomb sites all around. There was very little that we as kids, you know, could work. So we invented games around here. We nicknamed our bomb sites Black Panther the American Hall in Chinatown. The reason that we kids, by the way, nicknamed those, because when our family said, hey, I wonder where the where Gene is or where Billy is or where Laurie is, they'd say, oh, they're over Chinatown, or they're over, or they're over Black Panther. But the Spitterfields connection is because that incident was a major, well, the major, apart from Common Garden, fruit, veg, and flower market. Yeah. Well, in the afternoons, after they'd all finished, there would be broken boxes. I mean, they would, if, if they were broken or just a lot of this, the luster that they would sell up to their uh, hotels and the restaurants. So we used to do scavenging. Well, your kids, you'd go up there yeah. and get, what would you get? We would take a, a bag, we'd, t- we'd get potatoes, Yeah. we'd get cabbages. Oh, there's always bananas because... On the Spitterfield market, even to this day, there's a massive warehouse. Yeah. It's a banana warehouse. Yeah. Third. Well, you know when they come over green? Yeah. And not only that, all the other fruit, massive underground 
with our horses. But anyway, as kids, you know, our mama used to say, you know, not need to be, most of our families around. We go down there with a bag and put some potatoes, uh, very really tomatoes. Well, the tomatoes were squash anyway, but we'd get apples, definitely apples, bananas, potatoes, lots of carrots. So you're basically living on top of one of London's biggest greengrocers, yep. really. <laughs> and put it like that, absolutely. <laughs> and it was free, by the way. <laughs> so you were recycling food before people talked about recycling food. Too right, absolutely. And what was your community like at that time? Well, the area was the combination. It was uh, Jewish and Cockneys. You know, the indigenous population, you know, we as Cockneys, EastEnders, etc. And Jews came over through the programs. I, being a local historian now of the area, I've researched the ways of immigrants that have come into this area. Now, it was a, just for sidetracking now, I'll just give you a little brief history of the people that have come into this area, all under persecution all under persecution, looking for a better way of life. The UK and New Zealand in particular was, was an area that embraced everyone. It was quite a remarkable, when I even think of it now, when you look now, the Eastern Europeans and then before that, the Somalis and, and now, you know, young men and women from Ukraine, etc. in 1648, if my memory is recorded rightly. Louis XIV had issued an edict of Nantes. Now, this granted religious tolerance for the Protestants and kept it front. Right. It's, the edict was uh, broken, and so therefore persecution ensued, murder and mayhem, ethics against Protestants. So the bolt of the wall was the UK. So they came to, some came to Manchester, Come saying came to Soho, but the majority came to Spitalfields. Now, Spitalfields at that given time, there was a, if you look at the word now, Spittle, it used to be called Spittle in the Fields, Hospital in the, the Fields. So that's how we got that name. Anyway, hmm. the, yeah, the devaluation. Always look around the area that you live in. Don't have. Don't have to always be the East End. But all the areas that you live in, you'll see street names or things that you just totally take for granted. So when I take people around, or talk, you should tell them about the history. I said, look at time. I said, what would you think of that? They said, we would just look at it as a, as a name. So play street name. I said, yeah, but now I've told you about Tornby Hall. If you do your archive research fact, you'll find out why. It's called Tor because he was such a caring, beautiful Christian man who came into the sea stand from Oxford and set up with a Reverend Barnet and they set up this big house by a gentleman called E. Hall. He was a beautiful sort of architect. architect. So the big house was built in 1884, still there to this day. And looking beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely. And I and many others of an age we have a five days a week. Monday, we do a bit of painting. Tuesday is a seed exercise. Wednesday, there's a bit of a Tai Chi. Friday, we did do a bit of singing. So there's always something there that residents from the East End can tap into the reservoir of support given there. 
from 1884, even to this day, we've got the poor man's lawyer there. I call it poor man's lawyer. You can come there. What is a poor man's lawyer? Well, uh, Helen, a poor man's lawyer, by definition, is uh, some very famous law firms in the city mm. or in the West End. They give over some of the young men and women uh, coming into the business, and they come to Toy they have a special day, I think it's a Thursday, and you come along there and say, look, I'm having problems with housing issues or neighbours or whatever. So they will take all the details down. They will then take it back to their firm, uh, firm and then their top men and women there, and they'll look at it and they'll say, well, there's a, uh, something needs to be actioned about this. Not everything is, is by the way. Uh, and then they put their head in paper and they'll send it to the, it could be, and I have to use the word, it could be to Eastern Homes. Yeah. And say, so, well, look, we're, we've had this report about one of your, when you, one of your residents and come towards such and so. So it's free, independent legal advice from the experts. Absolutely. And I know when you were growing up, Toynbee Hall featured in your life then. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, as I say, I'm a war child just after the war and just bomb sites were around and everything. And, okay, we as kids, we well, we knew nothing better, so we just got on with it. You know, we just played in the streets or, or whatever. But Toynbee, uh, it was always there for boys and girls, like started off as the Cubs, Cubs, mm -hmm. you know, from about five, six to about 11. We used to meet once a week. They had the Jewish, that was steadily Jewish one. And we, and then we were number like 72. Yeah. Steadily Jewish one, certainly Jewish two, uh, 72. So we used to uh, go over there and we learned how to, you know, like badges, oh, they call it badges of certification that you pass now and do some reef knots. Yeah. And now to do, uh, well, you know, ball and leg. All, all manner of things that really gave us really... Life skills. Was yeah. It? Yeah. And then we used to get a little badge then. So we put the badges there. Then from there, I then, I and my friends, we went then to the Scout 11 for that 18. Uh, set up by a... Uh, Powell. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Very good. Man. Got a good name. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, them the scouts and I used, then I graduated into a senior sixer. And then once, twice a year, we would go on the camps. Yeah. You know, and meet other people there and sing the old Cottony song, uh, not Cottony songs, uh, hemp songs. Where would you go camping? Do you go uh, camping? Would, I, if I remember rightly, it would be Epping Forest. Yeah. That's Onga. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It would be, it was great. You know, we're sitting around the campfire, drinking a mug of tea and, you know, eggy, eggy, and all these, all these different lovely songs. That, but it brought comradeship. It was wonderful because it brought community together. It brought young men together. It brought different, like from Jewish to uh, Cottonists to Christians to etc. You've seen so much over the decades from 1945, and here we are today. It's, it's 2022. It's a week before the Platinum Jubilee, and we know that the, you ventured how you're going to be going to God's the Queen. Godspeed, gracious Queen. She's <laughs> done a great job, 75 years on the front. Hallelujah. 
How do you feel about your community here today? Well, the community has changed out of all recognition. Growing through my life, I've seen all different pockets. So as I say, I wasn't there with the Huguenots. No, that would make you very old. Yeah. <laughs> I was there when the Jews from the programs, there when the Irish through the potato famine, there when Idi Amin threw all the people out of Uganda, so they ways of immigrants there. Then when Bangladesh split from Pakistan, ways of immigrants then. Then Somalis, there was an, an issue there in Mogadishu. So it's incredibly diverse area yeah. and always has been, would you say? Well, it was UK, definite, Huguenots, French-speaking, Jewish. But the Jewish that came over, they weren't the Frommers. You know, they were their equivalent like the Cotters because they're Yiddish, you know. And then also they could speak English uh, or, or broken English, etc. Then some of my friends were uh, a family this year, young man. There was a young man that was fantastic. He stood around in the stage as a Sikh. He was a punk. <laughs> he was absolutely wonderful. His wife still comes and talk to me. Nice. He's written a book. It's called The Sikh of Brick Lane. You must read it. It's brilliant. He is some ice geezer. And what he's been through, <laughs> he needs to be interviewed, definitely. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I think he still lives in the same place off for a... Uh, of Brick Lane, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. It's so you, called the Seek of Brick Lane. Seek of Brick Lane, we'll check that out. So the area's changed. I mean, physically it's changed massively. If you think it once was this giant fruit and veg market, and now it's a super slick space, isn't it, really, with the light? We call it the, the new West End. Yeah. Very apt. And we call it also a rich man's paradise. Rich man's paradise. Very, very much so. Oh, yeah. Well, what I've also seen is that when I used to be a student and I learned history, you know, with uh, William uh, Bill Fishman in Mary University, is active socialist labor. And the books I read and I used to share with fellow students, one was called People of the Abyss by Jack London, 1903, also all around here. And then the other book I used to say to the students, read in tandem, down and out in Paris and London, George Orwell, yeah. 1936. And at that given time, and I used to say that, I'm talking about 20 years ago, uh, and I say, well, look, if you read those books in tandem, you'll see that nothing around her has changed, because that 20 years ago, it was still the deprivation, the flats looked dingy, ding there was no high-rise, I don't think this was the first one, uh, maybe in the, but anyway, there was no high-rise. Yeah, I don't think it was in high-rise. No, it was like two up, two down, yeah. or, or tenement blocks, and you had no baths, so we just had to go to the... So go to swing swimming bar, you know, with a swim, in from the school, or use a bar, you know. Well, that's an interesting little story. I'll just slip into that. We used to go there to go to swing swimming bar. And on Saturday, we go there and big long benches. And I think it was like sixpence or fronts. And they give you a, a rough towel. No, sixpence, yeah. Really a rough towel that took your skin off and you'd grind yourself and a little tablet of soap. And when you sat there on these benches, there was a, a band all in different like rows. And we're sitting and they say, right, number four. So they'll, so you go to number four and fellow would be there like with a brush, brushing it out at all the previous comments. 
and it drained away and they cleaned it down and then he'd put the water in. You could not put any water in. He would actually crank it in. What, so he threw the bath stuff? Yeah, he threw the bath, yeah. Would it be hot, cold? Yeah, yeah well, it, well, you know, to your temperature, you, yeah. you'd be watching it there. All right. And he wouldn't feel it like to, to, he wouldn't be like luxurating in, you know, like whoever the fun is. So he'd put it in there and I'd say, yeah, that's, 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 that's very good, mister. Thank you. Never say gaffer, you know, be like Mr. Orange, you know, respect. But anyway, the interesting thing is, I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to really remember this, that when you were like, having a little soak in your, in the bath and you were saying, oh, cold, and this is really lovely, there's someone shout out. More coal number four. <laughs> and, and of course, the, the tendon would think it's you. And they'd go, start cranking in cold water. <laughs> no, leave that out. Listen to what I never asked. And you sort of can hear these cruets, you know. More coal number four. <laughs> and it was really great, great stuff. And how long would you be allowed in the bath? What was your time? Oh, it's, uh, well, we'd try to make it as long as we could. <laughs> but, no, I think it was a... Uh, about 15 minutes, maybe. Let me just try to those rubbing there a little bit. So I'm really quite luxury. I'll say no, about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Okay. There's no luxury. So it's a fun memory then. Would you go with your friends? Did you go a group of you all together? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you never would you go? What day would you go? Was it Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Saturday morning, was it? Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, not Saturday morning. It was, uh, no, I just want to think. No, Saturday morning was always our Garden of the Baker Cinema for Saturday morning pictures. Okay. So Mayfair Cinema, oh. Saturday morning pictures. Sunday Brick Lane, yeah. They'd Saturday morning pictures. Uh, a lot of people that are in this now, they'll remember going to Saturday morning pictures. Now, that was sixpence. That's right. That was sixpence as far performance. Yeah, I, it, it could have been Saturday afternoon. And what days were the market? What days were Petticoat Market? Well, Petticoat Market had its own rules and regs. You know, it was a totally Jewish dominated market and as you know the Jews uh, they, their day is Sabbath yeah. Sabbath is their Saturday there was no one in Petticoat Lake no one at all in Petticoat Lake market on a Saturday nothing Sunday it was mega you've seen my card haven't you and you see yeah. Yeah. how major it was as a young person growing up did you like market day whoa yeah yeah Full of energy, vitality, senior mates. Some, Did you know the storeholders with the same people come back every Sunday? Oh, every yeah. oh yeah. Not the well, families, you know, old man, granddad, yeah. then the son, then the son of that. And what could you expect? What could you get down Petticoat Lane on Sunday? Oh, it's a potpourri of wonder, but everything. So I swear out good for the blood, toffee apples, jelly deals. Uh, street cries, principal trousers, shirts, hats. If you look at photos of the petticoat lane, and even 20 years, everyone wore a hat. See, in the, the, I don't know if anyone thinks of this, but I use, I'm a historian, I studied this. The social structure is a flat cat. That was like the dockers, we call it the, the tunnel. Some of those are flat. That's in the song, you know, uh, any old, I know. Yeah, any old line. So, anyway, a tile. But the tile was a worthy class. The middle class were like the city boys, you know, bowler hats were a bit more, or like 
you know, like a bit like a hat. Not mine, because this is a mods hat, you know, it's a one-inch brim. And then, of course, the upper class, you know, all the, you know, top hats. So it's like that. I'm sure we could all recall of, of an older generation. That's sketched by the three Ronnies, or two Ronnies and uh, John Cleves. John Cleves are tall. Uh, middle really Barker, and then what the, the little fella, and the little fella's there, and the small. And said, I look at him because he's middle class. Oh yes. And then the the really Barker looks at him. I look up at him because he's upper class. Then the upper class, I look down on him because he's lower class. <laughs> yeah. That was that was actually the the yeah. the Thailand the print. I mean, don't forget the 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 trains. First class and second class. Yeah. On steerage, on ships in the 40s, the 30s. You know, first class, second class, third class, and steerage by the Titanic. And when you, because you were growing <laughs> up off Quick Lay, around Petticoat Lay, and the city is just bang next door to you. So you were growing up, did people have top, people have bowler hats when you were growing Where? up in the city? In the sea, oh yeah, yeah that was so people were like and pinstripe uh, trousers and suits. Every everyone was like everyone suited wore tie. Everyone wore tie. Everyone, men yeah. And would you wander into the city? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we used to do it every year. We used to call the, the we used to call it the mooch, really the moocher. You know, he's like that was a like a famous cat, a dandy or the beano. And he like you really the moocher used to mooch around. Well, I suppose possibly a sort of a cat like Charles Dickens who used to wander around. Yeah. So we used to do a, a wander each year or twice a year into the city on a Saturday because there was no one in the city then. No, it was dead. We'd go down these little alleyways and back doubles and finish up in the Thames and go or go to a town in London because there was a beach there. We used yeah. to go to the beach. Yeah. In, in the town in London. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the city. Well, it was worlds apart. I mean, it was a rich man's, that was where rich man's paradise, that's where paradise was. So clearly so many great and interesting memories well, of growing of course, up. Well, well, it was about a young man or a young, well, not so much a young woman, but a young man growing up in East End. There was, there was vibrant, there was energy, there was life, there was, I mean, in the pubs, you know, I could sit outside, you know, and have a, a glass of squash or... Well, not, we never had squash. It was a tizer. Yep. Tizer or lime or cream soda. And then we'd all hear the music coming from the Bethel Green or around there. You know, every, there was always a piano in there, Joanna. You know, singing all. Friday night was when the men used to take their missus out. Friday night was more of the men, like, coming to give them, because they got their wages, give them money. Saturday, it was always like the family, like Mrs. or they'd bring in their old granddad or grandma. Yeah. And she'd have a magazine and they'd have a whiskey. And, and then they'd always be on the, you know, and they call it, you know, you get out there. I, well, I used to go, well, in the 60s, that was when we had karaoke. But it wasn't called a karaoke then. Oh, the music nights, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. nights. So I used to get out there and sing some Cliff Richard's song or, well, there was always, there was also the guitar, uh, like an organ and a drum. Well, no, it wasn't a guitar, no, it was just a, an organ, you know, and a, a drummer. And I think, yeah, there may have been a bit of music stringing through it. Incredibly vibrant, musically interesting, and a, a real... Stunningly interesting. Yeah. Good. Stunning. 
But it was, that's where we show up in our teapot. That's what, well, I mean, people say, Laurie, did you go to university? I mean, I actually did go to university, but they said, I say, yeah, I went to the university. They said, where? I said, I went to the best university in the world. So where's that, Oxford, Cambridge? I said, no, I went to the University of Life. The University of Life. Your life experience, your it, childhood, teenage years, basically was your University of Life grow, growing up here, sharpening your teeth, as you say. I'll never forget, I was going out with a girl, or, you know, I used to go to school, Seaford School. And we went out a couple of times. We got on really well together. One time I saw her, I said, what, what's, are, are you, Carol? Should we go, should go, uh, where are we going to go? Like, we used to go, like, walking in Victoria Park. I can't see you anymore, Lauren. I said, well, what's that all about? She said, my mum, uh, said, where you live? It's, uh, it's, uh, all area. Because I never, you know, I lived in there, but I've never had a reputation. Yeah, yeah. I never knew it had a reputation. But East End, around you, it was, you could see it was slummy, it yeah. was, uh, you know, but it was just part of our lives. But she said, no, uh, I'm sure that you, where you live is not a nice place. And so I'm sorry, I thought, I said, well, well, at that given time, you know, a young man, when you get rejected, you know, it's quite painful. Of course. You know. But the irony is now, Spitterfields is like prime location, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying now. I mean, <laughs> That's the way it's changed. I mean, we used to go to the Coliseum. You know, that's where they're doing the link. There was a major dance hall there. We used to go to Tottenham Royal. And there in some of the pubs around here, you know, the music at the back. I used to go to the White Bar. <coughs> so, you know, I used to study uh, drama in Toynbee Hall, 18, 19. And we used to go into the White Bar down in Whitechapel. Now, the jukebox there. And we used to do that. It's called American Fashion Dance at the time. It's called... Uh, See it, and you're like you're in a lion. Oh, it's wonderful, actually. Medicine lion, medicine, it's called medicine. Yeah, like, like, like walking, or the girls would walk back, and that was fantastic. And so, therefore, there was always like pubs in the jukebox, and we'd hear that. Cool, what's that group? Oh, they sound good. Oh, they call the Rolling Stones, or the other one, you know, cool, that, that group sound. Who do they? Who? And they say, Who? I said, Well, yeah, what's their name, though? No, they are the Call the Who. <laughs> So you got exposure to some really good bands. Oh, you? terrific. Absolutely. I mean, the Small Faces, they came from the show. Yeah, I think they filmed a few of their music videos around. So talking of music, if there was a piece of music or a poem, because I know poetry is very close to your heart, that sums up your community today, what would it be? Well, the one I was used to play and... It's always a debate in, was it where, but it was originally, it's called Ichigo Park, where small faces. And the church in question is Christ Church. So when the, the small faces, what did you do there? We got a high, high, high. This one talking about smoking, waking back And the dream inspires. Now, some said the dream inspires are Oxford, but no, the dream inspires are. Christ Church. Yeah. And also that. Well, uh, there's two. Well, there's, um, there's more than two. It's about ten, I think. You can put together an album for us. I right? could be, yeah. <laughs> the second one is Joe Brown. You know, Dad's gone down the dog track. Mother's playing bingo. Sister's mooching on the sofa. You want to hear the springs go? No one seems to care of me. It's a little sin. What a crazy world we're living in. 
So that was really about the East Indian, like the mumps down the bingo. Yeah. Those are the dog track. That's Joe Brown. Well, that was an impressive way to end the podcast. I didn't expect Laurie to burst into soul, but I certainly enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Thanks, Laurie. It's been a delight listening to you and finding out more about your knowledge of the area, your growing up experiences. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Our House is a podcast for social landlord East and Homes. It's been presented by me, Helen New, and produced by Michaela Tramfield. With thanks to our digital sponsors, Community Fibre. We'll see you next time for our last episode of this series.